From Los Angeles, California, on the MTV Podcast Network, this is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. Our guest today is an editor-at-large for Esquire.com, an on-air personality at SiriusXM, a host of the International Waters podcast, and the live game show, The Friday 40. And for many years, he was an MTV VJ. We have an actual MTV VJ in the room, Dave Holmes. Hello. And sitting across the table from me, every ex-reality star's favorite Saddle Ranch bartender, Molly Lambert. Yeehaw. Dave is the author of a new memoir called Party of One, and we're going to talk to him all about it and about MTV and Jesse Camp and all of those things. But first, Molly has a few things to tell us about Disneyland. Uh, I spent a lot of time actually after somebody wrote an article about the Disney wedding industrial complex, Mm -hmm. about how they do all these weddings there and you can buy it and it's super expensive. Uh, and then I totally went to the Disney Weddings website and spent like an hour planning my Disney wedding, which is not something, none of those things are anything I've ever done. But I was just like, well, I got to see what all the options are mm-hmm. for people. And, you know, just it lets you spend like just thousands of imaginary dollars, which is fun to do to be like, yeah, sure. We want Mickey there. $500,000 for Mickey. <laughs> Throw it in. Can you get wow. a lesser Disney character for less money at your wedding? If Possibly. It probably costs more to get a specialty character. Uh, but uh, So what's new? What's new? Well, I was going to say, first of all, the Disney weddings are kind of a sham because you can only get married in the park before it opens and after it closes. So you have to get married. You have to get married at 7 in the morning? Yeah, yeah. 7 in the morning or like 1 a.m. If sure. you want to get married in front of the Disney castle. And mm-hmm. all the other Disney weddings are just in, like, hotel ballrooms, like any boring wedding. But it's just at Disney. Yeah. And you can ride a tram. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you ha- you're you at, you know, the Grand Californian Hotel or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you get to go to Disneyland afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you can't choose, like, which land you want to get married in? No, and I was looking, obviously, through every option on the Disney wedding website, because it's fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh and you can get like there are some rides that you can do it and you can do it like at the small world pavilion or uh in tower of terror (laughs) wait you can get married in tower of terror in the lobby of tower of terror and there are people that are tower of terror super enthusiasts where Mm -hmm. that's their dream which brings me to my first point Uh about what's happening at disneyland which is that they are getting rid of tower of terror the twilight zone themed ride that I love, even though it took a very long time, somewhere around maybe 15 years for me to get the courage to go on it. Tell me, talk me through it. It is a Twilight Zone ride. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a The Shining ride in that it takes place in a haunted hotel. Uh You are brought, half of the ride is like a pre-show where Mm -hmm. they bring you a hologram. Rod Serling tells you what's about to happen, which is that you're about to go to the Twilight Zone. Yeah. I think it was part of just when they had all these MGM properties. That was like Hollywood Land. Disney MGM Studios was the thing. Yeah. It was before it was California this Adventure. This is in California Adventure. It and yeah. it's very atmospheric and scary. You're in the lobby of a haunted hotel that has been, you know, covered in cobwebs uh, from the 30s. And there's like eerie music playing, 30s music. And then you go through the little pre-show with Rod Serling. And then they load you into a freight elevator in this terrifying like industrial steam zone. And the freight elevator is a fake freight elevator. Uh goes all the way up to the top, and then it drops you part of the way, and then it brings you back up, and then it drops you all the way. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, the 
doors open to the elevator so you can see the whole park. Oh, wait, so okay. you're looking out as yes. if you could pitch forward and yes. plunge out. You're of the in, tower like, of you're, you're super strapped in, but the, the door opens so that you can see. And it's really cool at night, especially. You can just see, like, a panorama of the park for five mm. seconds before your stomach goes back into your brain when it drops again. How far of a drop are we talking? I don't know. It feels. Uh, it feels, you know, just long enough. Like if it were any longer, you would die is mm-hmm. how it feels. And then it's over. I was very scared to do it. And then after I did it, I was like, now I can do anything yeah. ever. That was amazing. I can conquer everything. Congratulations. Thanks. But That's the nice. sad news is they are going to turn it into a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Ah. Because they are trying to cash in on all the Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. And so starting in September... They are going to close Twilight Zone Tower of Terror forever and retheme it. I mean, I think they're not going to change anything about the ride except to change the characters and make it somehow Guardians of the Galaxy theme, which doesn't make any sense. Well, you're you're coming down from the galaxy. I guess. You're up in the galaxy. You and take then an you come elevator. You take the space elevator. Uh-huh. It's flimsy. It's flimsy. I'm going to say. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm shaking my head. You can't see it because it's not a visual medium, but SMH <laughs> at this whole plan. Yeah. Uh, but then I... I because of this, I wanted to know if this rumor was true because I had heard it and I was like, oh, I wonder when that's happening because, you know, I would like to maybe go on that ride one more time before it is no longer a Twilight Zone ride because that seemed like such a weird thing for it to be. And it just makes so much sense because it's like the haunted mansion of California Adventure. Yeah. It's like the spooky place for spooky people, in which is a big part of Disney fandom. So, uh, yeah, so then I went to Mice Chat, which is the Disneyland insider board. I hate everything that we're talking about. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, and what I found out is that they're making all these price cuts. Not price cuts, but they're trying to cut all these corners at Disneyland because uh, the Disney company spent so much money on Disneyland Shanghai, which is opening. They have a Hong Kong park, and then they opened a park in Shanghai. It was one of those things where they were like, we're going to whip it out real fast and just you know, have a park as fast as humanly possible, and uh, they didn't go on schedule at all. Took way longer, cost way more money. So they spent all this money, and in order to make the quarterly reports appear as though they are not losing money, because they can't lose money, because they're a corporation, they are going to like close Disneyland an hour earlier all summer, and they Man. laid off all these people uh-huh. <laughs> on the 61st anniversary of Disneyland. They like laid off a lot of the staff, I guess, uh, in order to just have like less people working, closing it an hour earlier, having some of the rides closed and some of the restaurants are closed. And it's all just this weird like corner cutting to try and offset the cost of Disneyland Shanghai. Which is a bummer because it's it's great at night. That's the best part. That's I know. like the time after the fireworks is kind of the best time to be there. I yeah. feel like because it's like Closing the kids it at eleven rather than midnight oh. is a terrible idea. Kids yeah. get tired. Kids go home, and it's you, and it's sort of it's eerie sometimes. Like the last time I went at night, there was a a, a fog had descended over Disneyland, mm-hmm. and it was all, it was definitely like it just is a different experience than when you're walking around sort of like on fire because the sun is beating. down Oh yeah, on Disneyland you at night is the know. best. Uh, So then I also watched a 90-minute video on YouTube of somebody walking around the park in Shanghai Mm -hmm. because I had to know (laughs) what it's like. And you're probably not going to make it to Shanghai. Well, you never know. You never know. 
Uh, but, you know, usually it's they do this thing where they open a new park and it's got new rides that they don't have anywhere else or it's got a bigger, better version of the old rides uh, to lure Disney park enthusiasts to come to Shanghai or to wherever the new park, the newest park is to see whatever the special things are that are just in that park. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about Disneyland Shanghai is they have a Tron ride that is amazing looking. It is... Uh, basically Space Mountain, but Tron themed. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're on a light cycle. It's partially inside and partially outside. It's great. It looks awesome. Uh, And I want to go on that. Are you, are you like on a cycle? Like, is that, are you sitting down? You're sitting down. You're sort of, it looks like a bike. It looks like a light cycle, but it's basically Space Mountain. I'm, I'm pretty sure it just is Space Mountain, the track of Space Mountain repurposed repurposed i was always convinced that the roller coaster at uh, the santa cruz boardwalk was just an outdoor space mountain like the, i couldn't prove it but that the loops were similar the patterns mm-hmm. were similar I feel to like the, there's you know, only so many kinds they yeah. make for somebody who doesn't like roller coasters you seem to he knows a lot oh i love no, no I, i've come coasters. by that feeling like through like research like i yeah. definitely tested whether mm-hmm. i like them or not it's just it's like i don't know i don't like that feeling like you're gonna die yeah, yeah. that it's that and that's what it is it's like it's the feeling that you i can't pop my body can't possibly do what it's doing right now that's for the whole too much longer thing. right that's what people are chasing that's that that's, feeling that's, that's the high <laughs> the almost dying and then not is what you want so they also have a new Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai, which I was very excited to watch because I love Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride. Uh, and then it was very disappointing because it's all CGI video screens, which I don't know if that is to cut costs or because that's just where the technology is, that they're like, it's cooler to project a bunch of video than to have animatronics. But I suspect it's because the animatronics cost a lot more mm-hmm. than the video. Uh, and so... I was I was just totally bored watching the video, even though it has like a giant octopus coming at you. All I could think about was how much cooler it would be if the octopus was made of like latex and you could feel it hovering over you mm-hmm. instead of just a video projection. Could hear its robot arms. Is Johnny Depp in the video? Yeah, of course. Of course he is. is original content? Um, no, it is. There, I mean, there's one kind of cool part, which is that there's an animatronic of Bill Nye, I think, <laughs> is who plays yeah. the octopus villain. Yeah, he plays he's the a Cthulhu man. man. He plays yeah. like a cuttlefish man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's a part where he's like uh, Captain Nemo, I guess. Is that who plays the organ underwater? Yes. In 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Yes. On so the there's boat. that. There's him like, you know, an animatronic of a scary octopus face man turning around and playing an organ. And that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of it is just video projections with like a little bit of real stuff. I can't I can't deal with the CGI-ification of... It's one thing movies I understand, I guess, because it's cheaper or something. I can't deal with the actual... I want the, the live experience to be like, you know... And this is me as someone who rides It's a Small World all the time. But like that is like a physical... Those are physical puppets that you can mm-hmm. see in life. And there is something about them that is going to vanish when it's just... The CGI thing. Yeah, because CGI can't haunt you at night like the It's a Small World dolls can. Only with the uncanny valley feeling. It can, it's, an, it's a different kind of unsettling, I feel like. Sure. You need light to be hitting something, actually. <laughs> it needs to exist in your physical world. 
See, but they're gonna just make the the fake light so good it'll hit the fake video. No, I mean this is why I'm not excited about Harry Potter World either, is because it has like three rides and mm-hmm. they are all video projection rides. When what I want is to be in a giant warehouse that has a fake dust smell pumped in and like a million fake prop books and uh just could be so much better i want that for you uh we'll be right back with dave holmes was that a flushing toilet that <laughs> was a flushing toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah molly just hit the post which yeah. is the flushing toilet i think uh, it's kind of fun to keep it <laughs> luxurious <laughs> mind. luxurious accommodations here yeah. here at paramount In 1998, Dave Holmes came in second on the MTV reality competition show Wanna Be a VJ. MTV hired him anyway, and for three years, he was a fixture on this network, hosting Total Request Live as well as 120 Minutes and Say What Karaoke and a show where guys tried to extinguish fires by shooting water out of their butts. Dave discusses this and many other formative life experiences in his new memoir, Party of One. Dave, this is not a tell-all book about MTV exactly, but you do confirm one thing about Total Request Live, TRL, that I've always suspected, which is that the process by which videos made it to TRL was not always entirely organic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, they had relationships with labels and, you know, you want access to their their big acts and whatever. So, like, labels do what they can. It's not like payola necessarily, but I think it's like, you know, if you want to continue talking to, you know... Uh, Mark McGrath, then you might want to also play this new, you know, this new video from live. Yes. Which, why on earth would any child <laughs> vote to see a live video? And it's Get a late live. Real. We're talking, yeah. yeah. We're talking, yeah, 99 live. <laughs> so it's second the, follow-up. The bloom is off the rose. Yeah. Can you sure. hear the dolphins cry? Is that the That's song? That's the one. I love that song. Really? Oh. I mean. <laughs> I don't remember it at all. Can you hear the dolphins cry? It's about dolphins. Sure. Can I tell you something uh, great? Yes. Uh, when I first moved here, I went to Barney's Beanery because I like I lived in West Hollywood and that seemed like a good place to go. It's not. Um, <laughs> but it's like four nights a week. It's karaoke night. And I was there one night and I was sitting having some drinks with my friends and somebody did lightning crashes. And I was like, this guy sounds so much like Ed Kowalczyk. I turned around. It was Ed Kowalczyk. Oh, that's amazing. Singing his own song at karaoke <laughs> at Barney's Beanery. And people like rushed the stage. And it was one of those things where like, we were all looking at each other for like cues on how to react. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like is, is this, this sad or funny? Yeah, yeah. Is this great or is this the most pathetic thing we've ever seen? Or both. And like, or both. I guess, yeah, I guess it can be both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Was he by himself? Did he have a... I'm sure he had people He must have egging him on, yeah. I mean, on stage by himself, for sure. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't lend itself to the you know, duet treatment. <laughs> if I had a song that made it to a karaoke book, I might do sure. it. Yeah. Might do my own song. Yeah. Little, Give people a story. Yeah, you, know? you you have a story now. Which I do. Is that you saw until the end of my days. <laughs> he wanted to be remembered, and now he like you, yeah. you. You will never forget the name of the singer from live. Like, no, as a result no. of that. I actually, you know what? I liked them. Yeah. I liked them. Yeah, like nice. I, that uh, Operation Spirit. That was a jam. I liked his dancing. Sure, I alone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was live, right? Yeah. 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 We've now alienated all the tweens. That's okay. That's fine. Now we can talk seriously. Now we can talk about real things Good. about the Good, past. Good, they're gone. Sure. I have a question. Yeah. 
the one another thing that has been sort of was revealed to me by this book, I've sort of been walking around my whole life with a kind of a, a historical inaccuracy in my head mm-hmm. about your sort of moment in this like of ascendant ascendance to the spotlight. Okay. I always thought I lived through the wannabe of VJ. I don't remember if I voted. Uh huh. Well, I'm sorry okay. if I didn't. Sorry. I voted. You know. I voted for you. Oh, Dave. thank you. Thank you very much. Because you were clearly the most qualified. Thank Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> nice. It's very nice. But I was also aware that that was probably not how yeah. voting works. I was for sure aware that that's not how voting works. I mean, and this is what I was going to say is that I always thought that. Like, I always thought that Jesse Camp won that contest for the same reason that when they open up the voting for what they're going to name a boat, the yeah. winner is Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> right. Right? That he just won. The people were like, this will be wait, hilarious. Wait, okay, roll yeah. this back. Yeah. When do they open up? <laughs> they when, did it. When do people vote on what a boat should Dude, be look named? Up Bodie, that was a real thing. Yeah, it was a it was Bodie a, McBoatface is a thing. I always thought, though, that they basically, that Jesse won because people thought it would be hilarious if this guy won. Yeah. Uh, you know this sort of like St. Mark's Place wastrel, yeah, and that you like. Then they said, okay, but we need we're going to need Dave, like who came in like second because he's a person and can right. talk on television, right? And that was the main like that they were sort of they were like we're also going to that it was like in the event that Miss America cannot fulfill her duties mm-hmm. that you were sort of brought in. It's yeah. a little more complicated than that. I a thought that you were the backstop against the possibility that Jesse would just uh, like flame out and right. like you know right. face plant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they did. You know, I they did eventually hire me. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely took a lot of doing. You know, it, it's like I I I was really aware in the moment that like I really need to just stay on these people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I got a lot of business cards and I made a lot. You know, I sent a lot of emails and made a lot of phone calls and it was just kind of like I need to be relentless for a few days because like people were like, uh, you know, tough break or whatever. But they they will forget you. Like they they were saying like, oh, we should find something to do together. But like they'll, you know, people will forget in seventy two hours if you let them. So I was like, all right, I have to not let them. You know. And so that's so they hired me as a writer, and then one thing led to another, and I got my face on camera. Why was that important? Like, did you was there a feeling when you were doing the things that you had to do to audition and the the contest parts of the contest mm-hmm. that like this is this is it for me? This is where I should be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was like for sure. You know, the Willy Wonka candy factory. You know, like as soon as I, I mean, you've seen the studios. It's like once you get in, it's hard to be cynical about it. It's like this is. This is fucking great. This is, you know what I mean? Like, this is where I want to be every day. And I, I just, like, all through it. I mean, it was like, and it wasn't a normal audition process, obviously. There were a lot of, like, you know, very TV-ish kind of challenges and whatever. I mean, it was very silly, but it was great. It was it was my Disneyland, you know? And now it's a fucking uh, Aeropostale. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it, the building is now? The, it's what the, the, the Uptown studio oh, is now. Oh, let's go stand outside it with a sign. Yeah. Yeah. Clothes. Oh. I've seen some, there are some things on YouTube that people have posted or whatever, and I've seen them and I've just been like, this is me. I have no recollection of it. Right. At it's, all. All, it's, it's as though I was drunk. You just but blacked it, out the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff, there's like big stuff that I did that I was like, okay, I oh, guess that I happened. Guess, I guess that was me. But I like, I just don't, it, so much, like so much happened in such a short period of time that I just can't. And I think I was in shock, you know, like everything changed in my life so drastically, so quickly that it was like, I, my brain didn't work like a normal brain for a long time. And the uh, screaming as and well, the screaming. I imagine. My... I'm, I'm haunted by the screaming <laughs> to this day. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Have the lambs stopped screaming for no, you, they Dave? Not. They never will. <laughs> they never will. Just wake up hearing it. It's, it's fascinating to talk to you about this because there was a moment when 
VJ was absolutely a job that everyone understood. Yeah. And I wonder if that is the case today. I feel like you is presided it? over the last moment of mass culture. At, yeah. Like, basically. Yeah. yeah we and now have it's YouTube all gone. stars. Yeah, I guess that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. I, and everyone's on kind of an equal playing field, really. Yeah, but I hate I hate the YouTube star farm team because yeah. I feel like I have a very strong feeling that like when it when YouTube first came out in 2005 which seems like so late for it to exist because mm -hmm. we all were like wouldn't that be great if you could I mean the first thing I did when I got AOL was like go to MTV's website like I want to watch music videos right and then they took five hours to load yeah. and didn't play and yeah. I would post a size window yeah. yeah but um when YouTube came out I was like this is what I want I just want to watch music videos all day yeah you know, and be able to curate them myself and be mm -hmm. make those choices. Um, but I feel strongly that when YouTube first started, there was like Tayson Day with Chocolate Rain, sure. who was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is great. We're gonna get all these new pop star celebrity people that are just gonna be like outsider artists. Mm -hmm. Like I was thinking like all the Daniel Johnstons of the world will rise to the top through YouTube. People like Tayson Day, people that are just like making music in their rooms and mm -hmm. now they can like broadcast it to the world it's gonna be like you know like uh like tv <laughs> like uh what's the channel called that you can do whatever you want public access public access mm -hmm. there you yeah. go public access tv but instead what we got is you know haul yeah. videos that's what i'm saying and then Makeup tutorials. the haul videos don't even bother me just like at a certain point people realized this was a career you could have i guess and it became all just like like theater kids, like people that want to be actors mm -hmm. that are like, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to launch my acting careers by making little videos all the time. Um, and they're just, they're too pretty and they're too regular. Yeah. And it's not fun anymore to me. And they're always trying. I, I feel like everyone that I've seen, <clears throat> it's like they're always trying to say something important. Yeah. And then they do the thing of like, you know, like they, <laughs> uh, you can't, I, again, this is. This is a podcast, so you can't see what I just did. But they do the thing where it's like they, they put their finger up and they pretend to cry. Yeah. A little bit. Well, I think they get they kickbacks, too, for if they make a video. It's like YouTube gives them all these bonuses of like, if you make a video about, you know, such and such day, you get an extra dollar. So mm -hmm. you have to make a video commenting on this thing today. Right. If you make a Cecil the Lion opinion video, <laughs> we'll promote your video to the yeah. top of whatever. Yeah. But... That's it's yeah. not the same. It's not no, the same. No, it's not the same. <laughs> well, I mean, a, it's much more democratic, really, but it's... Theoretically, I also don't but like then it. it seems like the people that get to the top are all the same exact type of person. Right. Which is like a boring white dude like the from the suburbs. the dullest gay guy you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just like boring blonde guys. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. We've and definitely come lost the tweens like, now, right. by the, the way. We've, We've definitely, definitely lost the tweens. The tweens were never tweens. I lost the tweens, the tweens on my way over never, yeah. when I was like, what is this amazing set of songs I'm listening to? And realized it was Richard Blade's Flashback Lunch. Oh, yeah. Which is still on mm -hmm. on Jack FM now. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So I drove over here listening to Radio Free Europe. So I was already... That's great. Already behind. Oh, <laughs> I've noticed a lot actually recently of 2000s nostalgia, which yeah. is weird for me because I still feel like the last 16 years didn't really happen. Mm -hmm. um, but just on the internet, I've seen a lot of like people ranking TRL videos, sure. like, you know, most underrated early 2000s R&B videos from TRL. Somebody went year by year just going through like, here are all the good pop songs from this year that you might have forgotten about. Mm -hmm. 
um, because there was so much pop at that time. Yeah. And there's the My 2K tour. What's you know about that? This? No. It's O-Town. It's 98 Degrees. It's Ryan Cabrera. It's, it's called Dream. My 2K? My 2K. <laughs> yep. I went to the launch party. See, Locked eyes with a with a with a Jeff Timmons. Oh my god! And immediately, just felt weird and creepy because like he's for sure the hottest one. Is he the one from Ninety Eight Degrees? He's the one from Ninety Eight Degrees. He's the hot one who's not a Lachey. Right, because Lachey has a brother. Yeah, I know all this stuff. Of course you do. <laughs> How could you not? I mean, I I would watch TRL every day. I was that person. Sure. I would come home and watch it uh, after school. I would have if I wasn't uh, involved, and I was way the hell out of the demographic. Yeah, way out. But it was such, you know, I think I remember seeing the first episode and being like, what is this? Mm-hmm. They started at the beach house, I think. Yeah, they did. I well, it was, it was called Total Request for a while, which was like a play on Total Recall, which is weird. <laughs> and then they married it with MTV Live, which was like on hiatus for the summer because we were all in the beach house. And then they just like brought it together and made it Total Request Live. What was the beach house like? Uh, it was really fun. I, I mean, it was, you know, I, that was my first experience being like after, Where the, was after it? the contest, being on the air. The first one was Seaside Heights. Ugh. And then we took over an island in the Bahamas for, for the summer of 99. Uh, oh it was a, they had an event where it was as though we took a boat to Paradise Island, but then Fred Durst blew it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the whole thing. So we were stranded for the whole summer, um, which was unbelievably fun. There were like 50 of us. We were all, you know, was like young. Was one of them and, Fred Durst? No, Fred Durst. Uh, he wasn't really there. He came and went. No, he, he actually, he was there, but then he got on. Was know, it like a, a weird summer go. camp though? Where you were it just was, thought? it totally was. Yeah, we lived in a club med for a summer. Yeah, and no like, wonder and, you can't remember any of this. Yeah, right? <laughs> so weird <sighs> and amazing. Yeah. It was, uh, that was a great fucking summer. It was a great summer. <laughs> but it was like, it was, it was the kind of thing where it was like, we were there for three and a half months and at the end it was like, all right, it is time for us not to live yeah. in the Bahamas. <laughs> like summer is students. over. Yeah. We like, gotta go I back gotta, to school, go. which means Times Square. Which means, yeah, New York, Times Square. Oh, huh. uh, what was the, the beach house like? It was, I mean, it was just like a functioning set. You know, I really did believe that like it was a house that we were all going to live in. Yeah. It wasn't. No. They, they had us in a, it was know, a facade. In a motel. Yeah. I mean, it was a real <laughs> house, but just. Just a ton of, you know, every room was like outfitted for, you know, TV or production offices or whatever. It's pretty grubby on the inside. But it, that was my first experience of like being working at MTV was like I showed up at the beach house and like and there were, you know, just like oiled up people, you know, dancing and, you know, raising the roof and whatever. And Funkmaster Flex was playing and it was like, this is this this is this is how I, this is like, my life now. It's just what I thought it would be. Like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And it was just, you know, it was just different. It was it was less clothed people than we, same the same people who would like come to Times Square, but just in board shorts. Yeah. What did you do? Like when when your time at MTV came to an end, were mm-hmm. you just like, what do I do now? Yeah. I yeah. did the thing I wanted. I mm-hmm. thought was what I would do when yeah. as a kid. Now I have to do something else. Now I have to do something else. Yeah. I moved out here. Yeah. And uh, and I started just like I got, you know, in the audition circuit and started doing, you know, some kind of dumb, you know, interstitial type TV shows and whatever and made a living doing that for a while. But then it was like I got to a point where I was like, I don't like what I'm doing. You know, I'm bored as hell. It's really tedious. And like and I, I'm never using my brain. I'm just like reading a teleprompter and then waiting while they fix a light or whatever. And it, like that kind of thing unless you're just super in love with it, will drive you nuts. And uh, and I wasn't super in love with it. So I so I kind of started, you know, I started writing more. Like, this is dumb, because I was in my 30s, but, like, I was like, I started a blog. I started a Tumblr. Not dumb. I mean, I guess not dumb, because it, you know, it's now what I do. But, yeah. Um, but that sort of, like, got me more and more attention, and then I started writing, and, and then, you know, then I got a book deal. And now I'm at Esquire. Cool. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. Great. Yeah, I'm really happy. 
Do you see other MTV castaways around Los Angeles? I do. I'm uh, good friends with Damien Fahey. Cool. Who's now a writer for Family Guy. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. He's a funny dude. Uh, and that's it. I yeah. never see anybody else around. Do you ever see Jesse around? Because I, I never see Jesse have around. seen Jesse around. Where? Oh, man. Where does he lurk? Not in a long time, but I used to see him at like art openings. And really? And he was totally looked like, uh, at that time, it was like MySpace scene hair. He had moved from like St. Mark's Place guy to being mm. like, you know, like Fallout Boy hair plastered oh, kind of okay. down. Mm-hmm. Like emo Hitler hair? Yeah. Oh, oh great. Still kind of tall and grangly and fallen over, but mm-hmm. it seemed like he was maybe talking in a voice that sounded like maybe that was his real voice more. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Never I mean, he that. still sounded like Jesse Camp, but he he seemed like maybe slightly more of an actual person than mm-hmm. just a... a confluence of traits yeah <laughs> yeah there's a great thing in the book where you talk about how everybody this was before the time of uh, snapchat and everybody having a video camera on their phone mm-hmm. and stuff uh, that like everybody was constantly trying to catch him out of character which oh yeah for sure. yeah <laughs> like yeah sell that tape yeah. yeah absolutely because you knew that there was some there something else something. was under the surface there but yeah but we what just if never there's got not he's just like the guy from being there he's yeah. just the gardener Chauncey yeah. gardener he went you home know, and put on a polo shirt or something yeah. and just like you know mowed the lawn yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he was 18 when all that yeah. happened, which is like much too young to get any kind of attention, you know, especially that kind of attention, and like that polarizing, uh, you know, uh, of attention. It, it just, it was weird. I wouldn't wish that on, on anyone. I really wouldn't. He was a viral star before was. that was a real thing. Yeah, I guess he's working at MTV now. Like, what? doesn't he do like a Snapchat show? I believe it. He was. A, yeah, he did do Snapchat for us <laughs> at one point. I see some real worlders around. Okay. Just, yeah, I see some of those, too. Seems like they all just move out to L.A. Isn't there an ex-real world bar? There's like a bar where they all kick it. You know, well, I've seen a bunch of them at that karaoke spot in the fake Old West Town. Okay. It just seems perfect. That seems right. Uh, the Saddle Ranch. Yeah. It's like they all kind of, all, all reality stars. Go to the Saddle Ranch. Saddle Ranch, yeah. yeah. Um, I had lunch recently with David from Real World Seattle. What? Yeah, and I, could, I was like, I was. What, is, what does he do? He I is like a, a big wig him. at uh, The Onion. What? Yeah, he's a big marketing guy. Oh, I had such a crush on David. Yeah, I did too. He was so he was, didn't he have like two different colored eyes? He maybe. Did. Yeah, he did that accent? That is, oh, yeah, kind of a you know what, what was unpredictable he like, temper. Was he from Boston or uh, he what he was from Boston? Yeah, yeah. but now he lives out here now. He was yeah. uh, he was like a big wig at the L.A. Times for a while, what? and now he's at the Onion. Um, that is amazing. Yeah, he's a good guy. Cool. He's like quietly the most successful ex Well, you know, I watched uh, Theo from New Orleans, I want to say, or maybe from Road Rules. Yeah, he's a, he's from a Road, Road Rules, Rules He's guy. a comedian. Yeah. I watched his whole well. stand-up special. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Yeah. He's a funny guy. I just did uh, Heather B's show in, cool. uh, in, yeah, in New York on Sirius. She's, She's fu- amazing. just the best. Yeah. The best. When you um, when you see people in that context, like even the, you know, like you know Damien or whatever, mm-hmm. is is there is there a feeling of of kinship? Like you're astronauts, like when other astronauts oh, run into each other, and yes. only they've had that experience. They yes. only they're the only ones who understand. That is exactly what it's like, and and like some people don't want to talk about it and don't want to engage with you or whatever. But like there are a bunch of us that do, and it's yeah. I mean we've been through the same very strange experience. Yeah, you know? we're in a weird fraternity together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on our show, Dave. Sure, my uh, pleasure. Dave's book, Party of One, is now available in stores mm-hmm. and online and anywhere else. Fine books are sold. Go get it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks for coming to North Mollywood. Sure.
This episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at MTV Podcasts, and subscribe to this and other MTV podcasts on iTunes.